Jamie Dupree is on every day with Herman Kane. 11.06 a.m. every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because you know we are going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts. Because we want you to be a part of helping to make this a better America. Breaking news. Breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Welcome. Hey, Herman. How you doing today? Magnificent. When the FCC chairman says we're going to have to figure stuff out in the courts, doesn't that suggest that maybe they didn't write those regulations the right way the first time around? Well, I I see how you can say that, but I guess I would say there was going to be a court challenge almost no matter what, and the high-profile stuff that the FCC tends to do gets that, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, to me, I'm still amazed as a reporter that you can approve something major at a federal agency and not reveal it to the general public for another 30 days. That, That too. I, I mean, I just, I don't get that. It seems to me... And I'm actually, I'm surprised that there's been so little discussion of that in the Congress. It would seem to me that if you're going to vote on something, it needs to be out there. Uh, look, this thing, uh, there's two fronts on this net neutrality, open Internet thing that the FCC did and finally released yesterday. There will be a number of court challenges, I would think, from major Internet providers and others, some who think it goes too far, some who think it doesn't go far enough. And then will there be any reaction in the Congress to try to legislate some change? I would like to think yes, but, you know, the Congress is pretty much so uh, divided, you know, between the two parties that I'm not sure there's any middle ground there. And the president certainly could veto anything that comes out of the Congress. So it may be like immigration, like a lot of other things, health care and more, that it will be up up to the courts to decide. Well, it's not encouraging because, as you indicated, for them to write this and then not share it with the public and then voila here it is take it or leave it folks uh, I, I don't get that I just don't get that well just remember one other thing though that the the base issue here is the Congress uh, uh, you know delegating authority to these executive branch agencies and you know the Congress can grumble all they want about what the FCC has done but they have certainly given the FCC the power over the years to do exactly that and a lot more and that's true of a number of other federal agencies what's the story with uh, Secret Service agents at the White House uh, going out and having a good time and running into some barriers and this sort of thing. Yeah, it looks like, you know, this is another black eye for the Secret Service, and uh, with all the troubles that they've been through, I don't think lawmakers in the Congress have uh, very much uh, in, in terms of sympathy for the Secret Service right now. They want to see some heads roll. Several things at work here. For one, the one thing I'm really surprised to hear is that after this incident, which occurred last week on the 4th, so that's nine days ago, was uh, it was Wednesday March the 4th that night that two agents went out, had a good time, came back evidently to get one of their cars, ran not only ran into a barrier outside the White House, a security barrier, but then drove right through a scene where the bomb squad was looking at a suspicious package outside the White House and Gee. disrupted that investigation. The line officers tried to do a, a sobriety field test on these two guys, and they were overruled by a supervisor who allowed them to go home. So... You know, there's no evidence that you can 
say now that they were drunk or anything like that. Then, uh, then the the head of the uh, of the agency, the new head Joseph Clancy, was not even told about this for four or five days afterward. Wow. So how about that? So you have more agents getting in trouble, and it takes four to five days all the way through the weekend and into the next week before the big boss is told. And a number of lawmakers yesterday just sort of shook their heads and said, look, uh, you got to, you know, you just got to get rid of people and move people out and send a message that this is not accepted. And, you know, these stories sort of all have a familiar kind of thing to them, Secret Service agents out having fun, and it's it's not that nobody should have fun, and it's not in any large institution that you might not have a few people who do some crazy things, but you would have thought by now the message would have gotten out to the agency employees that you got to really watch yourself or else. Right. And obviously that hasn't, especially since one of the guys involved was a member of the protective detail of the president's. Wow. So... I bet uh, that we had lawmakers who've demanded a briefing in the next couple of days. Won't uh, surprise me if we have some hearings, and it won't surprise me if we uh, hear some calls for people. You know, the one controversial thing about this new guy who everybody likes, who's in charge of the Secret Service, but the group that went and did a review of the agency said, you know what, it'd be better to bring somebody in from outside, and they went ahead and put in in there somebody who had worked in the Secret Service for many years, and so there are some who wonder, do you need somebody with a clean, you know, set of eyes? who comes in here without any uh, knowledge of the Secret Service and that it's better for them to rework the agency rather than somebody who's been there before. You need someone who's going to bring some real leadership and problem-solving skills to the job because, you know, as an example, and this is the one that pops in my mind, when I went to head up Godfather's Pizza, I had never made a pizza. You just have to know how to utilize the people around you. But like you said, I had a fresh set of eyes, and he was supposed to bring that fresh set of eyes. Well, you know, the other thing is you can bring those fresh set of eyes, Herman, but if you have people down the chain of command, whether it's in pizza or police or whatever it is, and they don't buy in, and, you know, I mean, think about it. To me, the... To me, the, the conduct of the agents, if this is true, okay, that's bad. But to me, the, the, the biggest shocker of the whole thing is that a senior supervisor would say, no, 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 don't give them a breath test, just send them home. Yeah. And that, to me, is the, the real one that raises the red flags the most, that there's still that kind of insular approach that, no, 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 we're not going to get these guys in trouble, just send them home. Right. And we've had sort of that thing, we had it a number of years ago when uh, there was a member of Congress who uh, ran into a barricade out here, and the police wanted to, you know, sort of uh, uh, arrest him and do more, and some intervened and said, no, just send him home. I can't tell you the number of stories I've heard over the years where uh, the police have sort of just, they take the lawmakers and send them home rather than create any trouble. And, okay, that works for a while, but you know, the message doesn't get sent then about responsibility. Yeah, I agree. You, if you got some deep cultural uh, barriers there, yeah, it's going to take a while to get those fixed. And uh, it's, it gets back to what you said earlier about, yeah, some heads are going to have to roll in order. Same thing at the VA. It's a difficult job that he has. But it's to the exact the same culture. thing. I think yeah. you're exactly right about yeah, that because he can stand out there all he wants and talk about culture. Yeah. But if you can't get the people down the line to buy in and to follow that, then your it undercuts your efforts no matter how noble your efforts are and how sincere if you can't get everybody else to jump in then it doesn't help and look the VA still suffering I mean today the president will be in just a little while at the Phoenix VA you can see that we still have story after story still coming out of the VA about lawmakers don't feel like that the agency is really doing enough 
uh, to deal with the issue of, uh, of, of health care issues for veterans. And they think that some of these uh, people who were not helping and not doing a good thing are still around and still in positions of power. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, Herman. It's a, it's a very familiar storyline in the federal government. What's next with respect to the uh, Hillary uh, situation. Well, I would guess that when the House comes back next week, that we'll hear more from some of these uh, lawmakers who, who run these committees, uh, the Benghazi Committee, also the uh, the House Oversight Committee, as to whether or not, A, they're going to push forward to try to get the Hillary Clinton email server. Will they try to bring her in? Will they try to subpoena documents from the State Department? You know, what kind of timeline are we looking at for a hearing, not only on Benghazi, but on the email situation with the former Secretary of State? And then the question is, of course, what can you really do? You know, do you, do you bring her in to run her up and down the flagpole? Or do you really get somewhere in driving home the issue of what to do about email? I mean, you know, I, I keep coming back to this internal report from the State Department this week that I found, which said basically that it was up to every individual worker at the State Department to determine whether or not to save their emails for the permanent record. So, I, you know, I, I guess it's, it, it would seem like it's a simple thing. You work for the government, you send an email, it gets saved. Right. It doesn't seem to be that simple. So I would bet next week we'll hear a little more out of, like, Trey Gowdy, Jason Chaffetz, about what they want to do and how they want to proceed on this. Certainly any appearance by uh, Hillary Clinton up here in Capitol Hill is going to be a big-time event. Unbelievable. So will the Senate and the House be back next week? Yeah, both. Uh, the next two weeks will be sort of interesting because uh, in next week in both the House and Senate, the House and Senate budget committees, both run by Republicans, will finally unveil their budget resolution. This is the non-binding document, the sort of the outline of the federal budget. And we'll see how swiftly both the House and Senate look at uh, the, the budget in terms of getting it to balance. Uh, some of the talk I've heard in the hallways will be it'll be a 10-year plan. It'll take 10 years to get the budget in balance. For some Republicans, that may not be quick enough. And uh, other Republicans, they'd like to see more money funneled into defense spending. But you get into a problem with the sequestration, budget caps, and more. So it may not be the easiest thing for the Republicans over the next two weeks. This will be a real test for them. What have we seen so far this year, especially with House Republicans? A lot of infighting on a lot of big issues. Well, here's another one where if you want to, you know, move the ball down the field on the budget over the next two weeks, they're going to have to come together. And certainly in some of this, you're going to have to swallow things you don't want to do. Remember, this budget, quote-unquote, is an is a is a an outline a framework it does not have the details that will then be worked out later this year but this sort of governs the broad outlines of what uh, republicans would want to do it's a non-binding document the budget resolution does not have to be signed by the president or anything but it will set the limits and govern what exactly and how much their money they're going to spend for the next fiscal year it also would then authorize possibly budget reconciliation which some would like to use either for tax reform or even to repeal the president's health law. Right. So to get to that point, you've got to find an agreement between the House and Senate, and the Republicans so far have been on different pages this year. Let's hope they get it together. Any more uh, feedback? over the flap about this open letter from the GOP senators? Yeah, well, look, I, I think that the, the, the narrative out there has been that the Republicans have uh, taken in a lot more flack than I think that they thought they would. Uh, for a lot of members, uh, the, maybe looking back on it 2020, the mistake was making it an open letter to the Iranian government. If they just sent a letter to the president, it might have achieved exactly what they wanted to, but instead they allowed the Democrats to change the subject and to talk about something different. 
And uh, I don't think anybody has has, uh, has gotten weak need on the Republican side and backed off how they feel. But it certainly wasn't the best week for keeping their, you know, their subject line where they wanted to. Instead, they've had to defend themselves against Democratic attacks on Iran. Right. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. Have a good weekend, Herman. You too, my friend. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. News, nuggets, and breaking news every day, every day from the very experienced perspective of Herman Cain. I'm very interested in the upcoming budget frameworks. Very interested.